HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. It's time for lunch. Welcome to Time for Lunch. This is a place to learn about eating, cooking, enjoying, and sometimes playing with your food. Each episode, we cover a new subject. I'm Hannah Forden. And I'm Harry Rosenblum. Tune in for food, fun, and flavor. This is the final episode of our second season. Congratulations to us. After this episode, go listen to the rest of our episodes. And then we're going to take a short break for a few weeks, and we will be back with a special episode just in time for Thanksgiving. And also keep an eye on our feed because we might have some additional bonus content coming out during the break. So keep an eye out. We have a special guest here for lunch today, and it's up to you to guess who they are and what the theme of today's episode is. Are you ready? What shape are you? I'm sort of pudgy and round. How big are you? I range from about the size of, like, a grapefruit all the way up to the size of a small car. (laughs) Well, that's a pretty big variation. Hmm. Are you grown or made? I grow on a vine along the ground. What color are you? I can be white, green, or yellow, but most often I'm orange. Hmm. And are you just about ripe this time of year? Yep, now is the time that you start to see me around. And what kind of things are you made into? I get made into a lot of stuff, like pie, soup, bread, and I'm also used for decoration. (laughs) Haha, I've got it. You're a pumpkin! Hannah, it's the time of year for big vegetables, but more on that later in the episode. Like pumpkins. They're delicious. They can feed a lot of people, and they're really fun for Halloween. Have you carved a jack-o'-lantern yet? I haven't made a jack-o'-lantern yet, but I have carved up pumpkins and other tasty fall squash to eat. And speaking of huge vegetables, I have a cabbage in my refrigerator that is the size of my whole torso. You should make sauerkraut. We'll do an episode on that next season, maybe. I was reading recently about using pumpkins for pickling. You can hollow out the pumpkin as if you were making a jack-o'-lantern, and then you can fill it with vegetables and brine and use it like a big plant-based crock. 
That's so cool. I love carving pumpkins. I can't think of any other food we decorate in the same way. And it's always fun this time of year to walk around the neighborhood and see everyone's carvings. It's also great for social distancing. Yeah, sometimes they're scary, so you want to stay far away. (laughs) I think I'm going to decorate some pumpkins this weekend. I'll be sure to post about it on social media. I'm Lila from News E Jacuzzi, a children's news podcast, and I have some jokes for you. What do you get when you drop a pumpkin? Squash. What are gourds afraid of? Things that go pumpkin the night. How do you mend a jack-o'-lantern? With a pumpkin patch. Now it's time for our question of the day. The answer to this question is somewhere in the episode, so listen carefully. How big was the largest pumpkin ever grown? Can't wait to find out. Keep an ear out for the answer. I remembered seeing some really big pumpkins in photographs, and so I called up Ron Wallace. He's a championship giant pumpkin grower and owns Wallace Organic Wonder, an organic fertilizer company. Hi, I'm Ron Wallace from Green, Rhode Island. I'm the president owner of WallaceWow.com and Giant Pumpkin Grower. Ron holds the record for the largest pumpkin ever grown. It was a whopper. 2,307 pounds. Mostly starts with the genetics of the seeds. And I've been in the hobby for 30 years. So it all starts with the seed and then the technique, how the plant is trained, how it's pruned, how it's watered and fertilized. It's a total program to growing Uh, a giant pumpkin. There's no just one thing you have to do. There's a series of many things you have to do along the way. Hannah, are you ready to get some seeds and grow some giant pumpkins next year? Uh, definitely. I can't wait to get started. How did Ron get his start growing giant pumpkins? So I got it from my dad. You know, he kind of was one of the first ones in New England to grow giant pumpkins. You know, we've, we've been working at it together for almost 30 years. We start the seeds in April, and they go outside under greenhouses. Pumpkin itself grows for about 100 to 110 days. You know, generally by the second week of September, third week of September, they're done growing, and it's time to get them weighed. You're doing everything right now. You know, you'll get 40-plus pounds a day, and then the key is is how long can you maintain top weight. You know, so you need some good weather, too, to help do that. That'll consume about 100 gallons of water a day. Holy moly, these pumpkins grow 40 pounds a day? That's about what my son Frank weighs, so they grow one Frank a day. That's amazing. (laughs) Wow. Ron has some other tips for us when it comes to raising huge squash. It takes about 850 square feet of garden space. And if you want to grow champion giant pumpkins, it will be like a full-time job taking care of just four or five plants. Pumpkins live a pretty celebrity afterlife, especially if they're a champion. You know, the networks like them, uh, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, there's always people wanting to see, to display the pumpkin. You can grow a 500-plus pound pumpkin in as little as 200 square foot if you bury the vines and you do everything right. All that information's online. Get a nice pumpkin for your family for October and start slow. And then some people want to take it to the next level. But I I always say start small. Don't overwhelm yourself because it can be a lot of work and then you get frustrated and 
you won't have the results you want. Well, it's time to start planning your giant pumpkin patch for next year. Check out wallacewow.com for more information about Ron and how he can help you grow giant vegetables. We're going to take a quick break and then dive right in for some fun facts. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. And of course, there's the two Michelin-starred Blanca tucked away in the garden for truly daring diners. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Welcome back to Time for Lunch. Today, we're getting to know the squash of the season, pumpkins. Pumpkins are actually fruit, not vegetables. This is because their seeds are on the inside. You can learn all about the difference between fruits and vegetables from our friend Annie Novak in our watermelon episode. Every part of the pumpkin is edible, even the skin. Although I think especially on those giant pumpkins, eating the stalk might be a little tough. Pumpkins are a member of the squash family, like butternut, acorn, and delicata, and they are all native to the Americas. That's pretty cool. Jack-o'-lanterns were originally made from turnips or potatoes, not pumpkins. The Irish and Scottish used them in Celtic celebrations. Pumpkin pie didn't actually exist during colonial times, though Native Americans did commonly eat pumpkins, roasting or boiling them. It's also thought that pilgrims filled hollowed-up pumpkins with milk, honey, and spices to eat. And you can grow your own pumpkin simply by planting a seed in the spring. It takes about two or three months for the pumpkin to grow. Whew, after all of that talk about pumpkins and the giant pumpkins and the facts, I think it's time for a dance break. Those pumpkins were so big, we could even dance on them. Dylan, and I'm lucky to work with Hannah and Harry at Heritage Radio Network. 
Today, I'm going to share a recipe that will let you turn the seeds inside of a pumpkin or a jack-o'-lantern into a tasty snack. So first, start making your jack-o'-lantern. You probably already know how to do this. You're gonna cut out a circle at the top of your pumpkin and take out all the insides. Except this time, put all the seeds that you remove into a separate bowl. Once you've removed all the seeds and before you start carving your pumpkin, head into the kitchen and wash those seeds off in a strainer. Try to get all the pumpkin flesh off of them and lay them out to dry on top of a few paper towels. They'll need to sit and dry for an hour, so this is the perfect time to go carve your pumpkin. After an hour, preheat the oven to 350 degrees. Add all your seeds into a baking tray and toss them around with some olive oil. Then you get to season them. When I made pumpkin seeds this year, I seasoned half of my seeds with salt and half with some paprika and cayenne pepper, which was a little bit spicy. But you can also use garlic powder or any other spice that you like. Finally, it's time to put them in the oven. Get a grown-up to help you place the baking tray in the oven and set a timer for 12 to 15 minutes. It's a good idea to toss the seeds halfway through their baking time. Get a grown-up to help with this part too. The seeds are done when they're a bit golden and they're nice and crunchy. Once you're finished, you'll have a delicious salty snack and a gorgeous jack-o'-lantern. And this recipe is really cool because it turns these seeds into food, which otherwise may have ended up in the garbage. Thanks, Dylan, for the excellent recipe. I love snacking on freshly roasted pumpkin seeds, especially while carving my jack-o'-lantern. Speaking of jack-o'-lanterns, I want to tell you one of my favorite fall stories. 200 years ago, Washington Irving penned the now infamous Legend of Sleepy Hollow. The story is part of a larger series of works based in and around what is now Tarrytown, New York. The legend includes the Headless Horseman, who is thought to be the ghost of a Hessian soldier from Germany who fought here during the Revolution and lost his head to a cannon blast. His large cloaked form has been seen riding the woods in search of his head ever since. The story told by Irving recounts one fateful October night when Ichabod Crane, the lanky and nervous local school teacher, was riding home from a party. As he was passing through the woods, he had the feeling that something was following him. Hearing a horse, he turned to see a large man on a large horse lit up in the moonlight. The man had no head above his body. Instead, he had a jack-o'-lantern in his hands, which he raised up and placed between his shoulders. Ichabod gave out a scream and pushed his horse into a run. The headless horseman followed. It was generally known that the horseman couldn't cross the nearby bridge into the old Dutch burying ground and that if Ichabod could make it to the bridge, he'd be safe, and the Hessian would vanish in a flash of fire and brimstone before crossing it. Ichabod pushed his horse faster and faster, but the jack-o'-lantern-headed pursuer just kept getting closer. With one last leap, Ichabod's horse gunpowder crossed the bridge, the Hessian's horse came up short, and the headless apparition stopped. In the original story, Ichabod is never heard from again. The next morning, when he doesn't show up for school, people go looking for him, and all they find on the far side of the bridge is his cloak, the saddle from his horse, and a smashed pumpkin. It is generally believed that he fled Sleepy Hollow never to return. Or maybe he flat out disappeared. I like to think about this story from the perspective of the poor soldier who was killed far from home and never got to return to his family. 
What if this time of year is the only time he can get a surrogate head in the form of a jack-o'-lantern, and he was chasing Ichabod to ask for help in getting home? He's from a foreign land and speaks a different language. He's large and imposing, and his clothes are torn from the battle, but really, he's looking for help. And every year in October, he goes out to try again and get someone to help him. After the jack-o'-lanterns rot and turn into compost, he has to wait another year. So if you see the Headless Horseman in the woods this year, stop and say hello. You don't believe in ghosts, do you? All right, Hannah, now it's time to go to our happy place. What made you happy this week? Oh, you know, Harry, this week, the coolest thing that I did was I made my voting plan. Here in Brooklyn, where I live, early voting starts this Saturday, October 24th. And so I sat down, I looked at my schedule, and I picked a morning when I can pack up some water and snacks and wait in line to vote. I don't know about you, Harry, but I love voting. Even before I was 18 and could vote for myself, I would go vote with my mom, and she would let me push the levers for her. It's really amazing to participate in the democratic process. So, listeners, ask your favorite grown-ups. Have they made a plan to vote this year? Maybe you can help them research candidates in your local elections or find polling places. There are lots of ways that kids can support, even though you might not be able to vote just yet. I also remember helping my mom vote and getting to push the levers. It was super fun. And to be honest, I'm kind of bummed that we don't have the lever machines anymore. Yeah, I did like those a lot. There's something very satisfying. Um, But filling in the little dots is pretty fun, too. It's true. I filled out my absentee ballot this morning because I will not be around on voting day. Good job, Harry. My happy place this week is that I got to connect with an old friend who I haven't seen in a long time. We don't live in the same city anymore, and so it used to be very rare that we would get together, and we actually got together on Zoom. And while it would have been really nice to hang out in person, it was still really good to stay in touch, and that's something I feel like I haven't been doing enough of since the coronavirus pandemic started, is that I don't reach out to people enough to actually connect with them. At the beginning of the episode, we asked... How big was the largest pumpkin ever grown? And the answer is... 2,307 pounds. Thanks for listening to Time for Lunch. We'll be back in a few weeks with more tasty stories for Season 3. If you're looking for more Halloween-themed shows, this episode is part of the Kids Listen Sweeps. And you can find all the Halloween episodes at kidslisten.org or on the Kids Listen app. This show is written, produced, edited, and hosted by Harry Rosenblum and Hannah Forden, with engineering by Liam Warner. Emily Kunkel is our associate producer. Music in this episode was composed by Breakmaster Cylinder, and our Fun Facts theme was created by our very own Liam Warner. Thanks to Leela for sharing her jokes with us. Time for Lunch is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Time for Lunch is also a part of Kids Listen, the number one app for finding great podcasts for kids of all ages. You can learn more at kidslisten.org, and you can go download the app from iTunes or the Google Play Store. Time for Lunch is powered by Simplecast. And even though we're going on season break, please stay in touch. We're going to miss you. So whether you have a joke you'd like to share or if you'd just like to tell us what you had for lunch, we would love to hear from you. Send us, I don't know, pictures of your jack-o'-lanterns or Halloween costumes or even recipes, poems, book recommendations, or podcast recommendations, or anything else you think we'd like. It's super easy to record your voice using the Voice Memo app on an iPhone. You can ask your favorite grown-up to help you email us at timeforlunchpodcast at gmail.com. 
Be sure to include your name, age, and your address so we can send you a little something in return. Time for Lunch is supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with City Council. See you in November.